All right, Monday's with uh, Amy, spelled differently from Amy Williams uh, from Lincoln Journal Star, who had a busy weekend. Of course, she was uh, traveling from the Devaney Center to Pinnacle Bank Arena and uh, to and from, and she joins us now. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. Have you, you've covered a lot of like mega sporting events in your career. How would you describe, I don't want to say it's a circus. I think it's an event, seeing it firsthand yesterday. Um, what you saw with the crowd, the attention towards 22, her own security. I mean, have you ever seen something like that uh, surrounding one particular player? Um, I covered Joe Burrow, but um, trying to think, there's definitely no women's athlete comparison to that. Um, but I think the closest is, is Burrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so my original plan yesterday, I interviewed a ton of little Iowa fans, um, you know, little, um, like eight year old boys and their parents, you know, 10 year old girls and their parents about like you know, what this means to be able to just watch her play as she gets closer to breaking the record. A lot of them were from Nebraska. Um, and there was one that you cannot say was a bandwagon fan. I talked to this adorable little kid from Grand Island, and his name is Kinnick. Oh. Like, <laughs> oh. it was incredible. They were the first ones in line. They got up at, like, 5 in the morning to get here. Um and then Nebraska won, and that story had to be shelved. But, you know, that's okay. Um, it was a really special day. But, yeah, I saw Ethan Piper's mom in line. She was really excited uh, to watch that game as a former college basketball player herself. Um, she got there really early, too, because um, she was in the long line, the one that stretched from the front doors of Pinnacle Bank Arena down the block and then all the way around the block back to the front of Pinnacle Bank Arena. And that is why they opened the doors 20 minutes early, because there was nowhere for people to go. Amy, will we look back on just this overall sports calendar year and say, man, Nebraska was a part of some really awesome environments when it came to women's athletics and the fact that they shined as well. I mean, yesterday was one of those. It's unique in its own way. And unique for certain reasons, but also, you know, we can go all the way back to right before the football season with Volleyball Day in Nebraska. But it just seems like not only have these unique events when it comes to whether someone's trying to break an all-time scoring record and you're going to get a lot more eyeballs, including a national television audience, but also what you had all the way back in August that Nebraska has actually shown up in those moments, too, to where this is something this athletic department, I would think, and the players involved and the coaches involved would be very, very proud of compared to you know other opportunities that maybe you've had in, in previous years or even previous decades. Yeah, I wrote um, a column earlier this year about just how crazy the last year has been for women's athletics. Um, I think I might need to do a part two. <laughs> it's just been, it's been wild what... Nebraska has been able to accomplish when the spotlight's been the brightest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, these winter sports are just, you know, getting to crunch time and the spring sports are just starting. So um, 
yeah, it's been pretty special from volleyball day to the game of the century between Nebraska and Wisconsin yeah. for volleyball with, you know, their volleyball's run to the national title. Soccer's run to the elite yeah, eight absolutely. with the runner up for soccer's Heisman on their team. Mm-hmm. Um who has signed and is playing professional soccer over in England, which is exciting for her as an England native. And then you have all the ramp up for softball. And then you have everything going on with women's basketball. It's crazy. It's Uh, just been crazy. All right. So you were there in your capacity. Can you clear up what happened with the whole Lisa Bluter stuff? Okay. So, Yes, it is protocol that the away teams go first. But what is not normal for any team in Power 5 athletics is that your head SID is your radio broadcaster, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, how Jeff Grish does his job, I do not know. And I will not know. Um, And so when he brought the players over... they didn't know that Iowa hadn't gone mm-hmm. because Jeff was finishing his radio broadcast. And then the team, the, the Nebraska players came and they did not know that Iowa hadn't gone yet. When I got down there, I didn't know Iowa hadn't gone yet. I had fully expected that Iowa had gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause the team took so long to get off the floor Like Jace Henderson, one of the assistants, was like yelling at the players to come into the locker room while they were celebrating with fans and their family and everything. Like it took forever for them to get off the floor. And then they had their team meeting in their locker room. And I was watching the entire celebration on the court. I was talking to a bunch of different people out there. Then by the time I got back to where the media room is, I also thought that Iowa had gone. And was surprised that they hadn't. I was like the last media person in the room. I was surprised there was a chair available for me. Um, This is the most packed I've ever seen that media room. Men or women's game. And then, so the Nebraska players come in. And Jeff says, this could be a little disjointed. You know, we'll have to shuffle things around depending on what works best for everyone. Um... And then saying that Iowa will be given the room when they show up. And then the door closes. I ask my first question, the first question to Alexis Markowski um, about her dad, because mm-hmm. they shared a really special moment on the court. Um, and I wanted to lead with it and I wanted to write about it. And then um, Lisa Bluter or just some Iowa in general opens the door, doesn't knock. Um, and they are, Iowa is taken aback that Nebraska is up there. And before hmm. anyone from who's handling the press conference can say anything to them about, hey, like, let them finish this answer and then we'll get them off and you can go on. Um, Lisa just blew up. Hmm. Uh, but the plan was whenever Iowa got there, that they would just let them fit Nebraska finish the, the question that they were on, shuffle them out, put Iowa on. Um, but then Lisa Bluter lost her mind and that didn't happen. Um, but 
Caitlin Clark um, and one of her teammates stayed and did post game at the podium. Like they were very professional through all of that mess too. So give them their props for that. But yeah, Lisa Bluter did not come back. I don't know if she did post game with some of their local people out by the bus, but she did not come to the podium. I, I and again, I'm not trying to point fingers here because I think you're absolutely right when it comes to Jeff Grish. That that's that's kind of that's a lot of juggling after game, especially in a chaotic scene like that for it, the importance of that win. But I, I'm nobody's asked this question, and I know they travel too. Where was the Iowa SID in all of this too? I'm just again trying to figure out where the communication kind of broke down that led to you know this. I'm assuming the emotion from Lisa Booter also had to do with how they lost and, and the fact that they did lose mm-hmm. that game. But I, I just I, I can't imagine how that communication was broken down so bad that you know that that it warranted that type of response. If you know what I mean? Yeah i I am not sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a mess. But yeah, no, the person she was screaming at was Grish. Mm, okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Mild mannered Jeff. Yeah. Good thing he wasn't with his partner, Cody. Cody would have just. <laughs> he would have gone all done. I got some yeah. problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. So here's the other part, because you got into this last night with some clarification is I mean, I didn't think that Jazz Shelley had to apologize. Um, for people that have watched Nebraska women's basketball, that actually is a play call for their defense that she just does the John Cena. It was not intended, but because of the drama surrounding yesterday. She felt like she had to say, hey, this is not what you think. I have great respect. Yeah. And I'm like, man, good on you for doing that, but you didn't need to apologize. Yeah, I just, yeah. And then then once she did that, people were like, yeah, okay, now yeah. that you get caught. Sure. And it's just like, no, that yeah. is the call for their face guard defense. That's been the call for their face guard defense all year because i know iowa fans interpreted amy williams doing the same thing and thought that you know amy Williams like one thing if a player does it like the coach is doing it too because i heard that as well i'm like "Ah, i don't think that's That's i don't think that's the the case for their face guard defense like can we think critically for like two (laughs) seconds (laughs) nope (laughs) that's the answer no because you know what we can't have fun watching sports yesterday Uh, was fun yeah yesterday was fun uh, Saturday was fun. Friday was fun. It's a lot of fun. Can we talk about the speed painting lady, though? You saw her twice. Yay or nay? Um, I liked the painting when it was done. Okay. Do you think... Can that- I say that? You just going to yeah, leave it at that? You, you can leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, we all got to make our bag. I get it. It's just an interesting halftime performance. Well, Better than look, the superstars. Like- I get it, though. Like, she's a speed painter, and if she just painted, would she get audience involvement? Would she get eyes on her? Like, I, look, I don't know. I don't know. She should have done it on a unicycle. Oh, now that would be amazing. The painting was cool. I will give her that. And it was upside down. Yeah. Fair. Like, That's fair. She painted Kirby Huster upside down, and it was a good painting. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> On that one, but 
All right. Um, yeah. So are we back in the good graces of Nebraska men's basketball after their throttling of Michigan? Um, I think so. Okay. But they still have yet to win a conference road game. So mm. they need to, that is still lingering. I would be curious to know how many men's teams have made it to the 68 person or 68 team dance without having won a conference road game. I'm uh, going to say very little. Yeah. If, if any, well, yeah, but like who <laughs> and how yeah. did they do? Yeah. Right. What the resume look like. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I looked this up. I think Maryland, Last year, a couple or a couple years ago, maybe won one conference game on the road. I will. I will have to. Yeah. I have to look into that. It's just, it's just interesting because they look unbeatable at times at home, mm-hmm. and then they go on the road, and they look like like a JV team. Yeah, it's a shell of their performance. Yeah. It's just they look like a completely different team. And Josiah Alec had the most incredible analogy for it um, in postgame this past week. And I will be writing a midweek column based off of it because I thought it was brilliant. It's high jump based. Um, and it was incredible. Uh, hey, one, one final thing here, um, because you wrote about him when he was in the hospital. I uh, really enjoyed the Peyton Rob uh, column about his final well, wrestling on senior day um, for a guy that I think you and I have talked about. Man, I don't know how he's still here with us, which is amazing. And to get to the point where he's still wrestling at a high level at 157, um, and you wouldn't have known that his life was in danger a year ago. I really enjoyed that column. He's a, he's a really, really good person. Who it's an amazing story, and I hope it ends with an even more happy ending when we get to the uh, Big Tens and the NCAA tournament. Yeah, thank you. I just, like you, I'm just flabbergasted. But he still has his leg. And then he's, like, able to walk. Because mm-hmm. he had to, like, learn again to walk without a limp. And he had to work on, you know, his ankle flexibility and, you know, get his cardio up again and put on a bunch of weight because he lost a bunch of weight because, like, he was dying. And it's just crazy to me. He's, as of right now, the number seven ranked wrestler in the country in his weight class. Wow, that's amazing. Great story. one point, he was, you know, ranked, like, in the top three before he went on his little slump. But... Yeah, we'll see what happens this week. If he can knock off Levi Haynes mm-hmm. this weekend, <laughs> that would be crazy. That'd be absolutely crazy. Like this is like no screenplay writer would ever come up with this because it's too outlandish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just he's special. This season has been special, and I felt that I needed to chronicle that. It was a good good story in the uh, paper the other morning. As always, appreciate it. Uh, have a uh, good, what may be a, a quiet week, and I look forward to the uh, your midweek column surrounding uh, a guy who is a great interview in Josiah Alec.
He's something else, isn't he? All right. Thanks, guys. That's uh, Amy Just from the uh, Lincoln uh, Journal Star. Uh, Peyton Rob, that's uh, it, I highly recommend it. Um, you, you might get a little emotional, but I hope it ends well. You know, NCAA wrestling's this year is in Kansas City, mm-hmm. so it'll be a good following of Nebraska uh, fans, and there should be a, a great uh, turnout. But they have they still got to go to take on number one Penn State, who throttled Iowa over the weekend, and I think they I think they go to Arizona State as well. Chat's wrapping up too. Jeez. Yeah, because you had senior day, to, uh, senior night yep. just this yep. last weekend too. All right, we're back to uh, wrap this show after this on sixteen twenty. The zone.